Hello and welcome back to Dramini Audio Fix. My name is Amber, and today I'll be reading Chapter 19 of All You Want by Sen Lin Yu. This fic is rated E for explicit and does contain consensual sex. Chapter 19 I've been thinking too much. Help me. Hermione stood staring at Hannah in surprise. Hannah continued, I think you were probably too busy with Ron and Harry and the war to realize it. But he did. He liked you a lot, for a long time. So you guys should try. Really try. Hannah. It would probably be an inappropriate time to mention she wasn't particularly interested in Neville. This isn't some kind of test for him, or you, Hannah added, looking tense. You guys, I realize, biologically you have a pretty good chance of ending up together if you try. I'm not doing this to prove something, or imagining that I'm setting he and I up to have an epic love story now. I'm a Hufflepuff. Epic has never been my dream. Hannah paused and drew a deep breath. I love Neville. I'm in love with him, but I love him first. I want him to be happy more than I want him to be with me. If he'd be happier with you... I'd rather know that than spend my whole life wondering about it. That wouldn't be fair to any of us. Hermione didn't know what to say. I'm going to withdraw from Hogwarts, Hannah added, staring down at the floor. I was waitlisted for the healing internship at St. Mungo's, but a spot opened up unexpectedly. I just got the letter a few days ago, so I'm going to study for my newts by correspondence. I'm leaving this weekend. So, give Nev a chance. A real one. If you think he has one, you guys should try. Hannah turned and walked quickly back towards Susan, who was standing and waiting. Hermione watched Susan sling an arm around Hannah's shoulders, and the two girls walked away without another glance toward Hermione. Hermione stood hesitating in the hallway, trying to square away the mess her personal life had somehow devolved into. Relationships had never been a particularly strong suit for her. A bright but abrasive personality her teacher had written in a note to her parents back in kindergarten. "'Has difficulty with interpersonal relationships,' said the note in primary school. Hermione tried, she really tried, but especially when it came to girls, she always felt herself on the verge of misstepping. Aside from Ginny, who came from a family of boys, Hermione's female friendships traditionally tended to sputter or explode in her face.' Maintaining a somewhat fraught but polite acquaintance with her roommates had been the most Hermione had managed over the course of six years at Hogwarts. She walked slowly toward the abandoned wing of Hogwarts and, after murmuring the password, glanced inside. Malfoy was on the couch, surrounded by rolls of parchment. He glanced up and his eyes darkened slightly, but then he looked back down at the book he appeared to be skimming through rapidly. Hermione walked over to the couch. They'd never worked on homework in the room before. She picked up one of the scrolls and unfurled it. Don't look at that one. I got through half of it and realized it was wrong. He didn't look up as he spoke. His tone was a low, irritated grumble that tingled faintly in Hermione's spine between her shoulders. Hermione inspected the numbers anyway. Draco's handwriting was unfairly perfect. She consoled herself with the knowledge that Draco was not very good at mental arithmancy. On paper, he could calculate quickly— but he couldn't churn out equations nearly as quickly as Hermione could. For their arithmancy project, they had been assigned an amulet with the Gemino curse on it. It should have been an easy curse to break, but due to the protective properties the amulet had been created with, the spells interfered with each other. 
Hermione and Draco had both developed dozens of different equations, drawing from a variety of fields of thought in curse-breaking theory, but neither of them could find a counter-curse with more than a 67% chance of success. The assignment required 70% as a minimum. Hermione sat down next to him, trying not to be too close. What do you have? He snapped the book closed with an irritated sigh and picked up one of the dozens of scrolls. It works all the way through, but at the end there's another formula we're going to need. I've gone through a dozen books and I can't find any that fit the parameters, he said with an irritated grimace as he handed it to her. Their fingers brushed slightly and Hermione jumped, but forced herself to focus on looking over the long series of equations he'd crafted, mentally calculating them to check for mistakes. It was perfect. The entire thing. It deserved to be framed. It was positively unjust that anyone could write strings of numbers so beautifully. She reached the end. He'd gotten closer to something workable than anything else they'd come up with. She stared at the final string of predictive numbers, rolling them around in her head and trying to think of a way to make them go where they needed to. One more formula and they'd be golden. She gnawed her lip and then brightened. She reached across him, snatched up his quill, and added an equation at the top. Then she used the predictive numbers that resulted to add a final formula to the end. She looked up at Draco triumphantly. Their eyes caught, and for a moment it was like having the breath knocked out of her. Her mind blanked and she started to lean toward him. Then she remembered the arithmancy. She shoved the parchment toward him and tore her eyes from his. He glanced over it, his eyes narrowed, and she could see him calculating as he read across it. His mouth quirked faintly. What exactly is this one? She leaned over to run her finger along the numbers. Their shoulders brushed and she pressed her lips together for a moment. I realize that the protection spells interact with the Jamino curse, but the Jamino curse doesn't interact with the protection spells. If we devise counterspells to the protections, we should be able to remove them without issue, and then the Jamino will be easy to reverse. She studied his reaction. He arched an eyebrow. Well, I suppose that would technically meet the requirements of the assignment— although I don't believe the intention was that we could render the amulet useless. Yes, but if we can counter the protections, we should be able to reapply them afterward. Clever. Hermione felt as though she might start glowing, but she forced herself to shrug rather than beam at him. Do you know anything about removing protection spells? He asked after a moment. Not, not exactly, she admitted, shifting slightly on the couch. I'll have to research it, but if it's anything like removing wards... The numbers should mostly line up with this equation, she pointed to the numbers she added at the top. The library should have a few books about how to create protective amulets. Then we can use spell analysis to figure out how to reverse engineer the magic. Draco smirked and looked smug as a kneesel. Something like this. He reached into his satchel and pulled out a thick book on metallurgical spell creation. How? He smirked. I had the same thought, but I couldn't figure out the equation, he grimaced. Boffin. You might have figured it out eventually, maybe in thirty scrolls of parchment or so, she said, shooting him a snide smirk. Draco rolled his eyes and picked up the equation again, leaning back and putting his feet on the coffee table as he inspected it. To be honest, I don't think this would have ever occurred to me. Where did you get it? Oh, Hermione brightened. Summer reading. Victor Crumb and I have been corresponding over the years. Arithmancy is his favorite subject. He translated a book on Bulgarian arithmancy into English. He sent me a copy to look over before he submitted it to an editor. He quirked an eyebrow and looked slowly over at her. Crum taught you about this kind of equation? There was the faintest edge to his voice. Hermione felt tempted to roll her eyes. 
It seemed to be some kind of strange universal rule that every male in her acquaintance had objections to her friendship with Victor. If by taught you mean he sent me a translated manuscript that discussed it and I read it, yes. I didn't realize professional Quidditch seekers had hobbies like arithmancy. Draco's tone was snide and dismissive as he sat up. Hermione snorted. How do you think we became friends? Talking about Quidditch? We met in the arithmancy aisle in the library. That was how we got to know each other at first. He sends me a subscription to the academic arithmancy journals every year for Christmas. Malfoy looked visibly sour and dropped the parchment on the floor as though it offended him. He started gathering up all his notes and shoving them into his satchel. Hermione stretched across the couch and snagged the book on metallurgy. Lying on her stomach, she flipped to the table of contents while Draco finished stashing all his notes. As she was working her way through the chapter titles, she felt her skirt slowly pulled up. She stilled slightly, but then forced herself to try to keep reading. She felt the fabric slide up her arse and then pool in the small of her back. She twitched slightly. There were fingers sliding along the edge of her knickers, and then Draco palmed and squeezed the right cheek of her arse firmly. She gave a low yelp. He slid his fingers lightly across her bum. You have a delectable arse, Granger. Thank you, she said in a prim voice that was straining to break. Then she felt his teeth drag across her flesh. She was so surprised her head slammed down into the metallurgy book. Ouch! She cradled her nose and burst out laughing. Are you all right? Yes, she answered in a very nasal tone as she continued to hold her nose and shake with laughter. Are you sure? Let me see. McGonagall will have me in irons if I break you. Alpha fussing was quite possibly one of the most absurd but adorable things Hermione had ever encountered. Malfoy looked severely anxious and quite literally picked her up off the couch and cradled her in his lap. He pulled her hands away from her face, held her chin, and studied her nose carefully, as though he feared it might fall off at any moment. "'Maybe you should go see Madame Pomfrey,' he said after inspecting it from all angles. Hermione stared at him in disbelief. "'I'm fine, Malfoy. I just bumped it.' It sounded very loud. His expression was obstinate. I am not going to ask the matron to look at my nose because I knocked it into a book. I've managed to survive far worse on my own. Draco abruptly whitened and his expression froze. Hermione kicked herself mentally. I've survived several book avalanches helping Madame Pince with reshelving, she clarified. My nose isn't broken, and if it were, Episky is a very basic healing charm. Malfoy gave a stiff nod, but he still looked pale. Hermione reached out and touched his cheek. Malfoy, we're both fine. His expression didn't relax. He looked suddenly breakable, as though a word from her could shatter him. She leaned forward and kissed him. Instinctively? Rationally? It was difficult to say. He looked devastated and she hated it. As their lips met, she felt more lucid than she usually did around him. Normally she was a mess of arousal and hormones by the time she arrived in the room, it was probably because they'd already had sex that day. She felt more like herself. As their lips brushed against each other, his hand slid up her waist and caressed her back. He kissed her fiercely, but his hands felt tense, as though he was trying to restrain something as he kissed her. She pressed her lips against his for a moment longer, and then drew back and pressed her forehead against his. His eyes were squeezed shut. She slipped her hand back and caught hold of one of his, drawing it forward and interlacing their fingers. What is it? she asked. He opened his eyes and looked at her. His silver eyes were like a lightning storm. I'm sorry, he said abruptly. I know it's probably meaningless to you, but I need to say it. I'm so sorry for... 
everything. I'm so, so sorry. Hermione stared at him. She felt elated and stunned to hear the apology from him, but also uncertain. Was it something he meant, or just something he felt compelled to say? An actual apology from Malfoy, or just as an alpha? Because as her alpha, he was obligated to feel badly? She didn't know. He stared at her, and his expression grew closed, and he looked away from her. Never mind. It's nothing. I just needed to say it. I... She stammered and looked away from him. She drew a sharp breath. I just don't know what's real anymore. I don't know how to tell. Her throat felt as though there was something stuck in it as she tried to swallow. His mouth twitched. It doesn't matter. Her hold on his hand tightened. No, it does matter. This really matters to me. Why are you sorry? He stared at her, and her heart beat louder and louder until she wondered if she'd be able to hear his answer. Because I was wrong. Because I was cruel and cowardly. I am sorry for how I treated you in school and during the war. Really? Her voice shook faintly. He smiled bitterly. See? That's why it doesn't matter. Because you won't believe it anyway. Hermione groaned in frustration. But I want to. I just don't know how to tell when something's real and when it's just biology. Draco leaned back and stared at her with his eyes narrowed. What's it like for you? Hermione's shoulders sagged and she hugged herself. Isn't it obvious? Let's assume that it isn't. Hermione shrugged and gestured futilely. It's confusing. It's like there are these new aspects of my personality that I can't control. Whenever I'm, she flushed, horny, my mind just sort of goes away and I have these instincts that take hold unless I fight to stay in control. Like, until we started our, our, not a relationship, arrangement, it was like I had this succubus in the back of my mind that didn't care about anything but getting aggressively shagged by any alpha who got close. Now it's manageable, contained. It's focused on you. However, she avoided his eyes. Emotionally, everything is fairly constant. Constant how? His expression was glacial. Hermione eyed him uncertainly. It seemed inadvisable to say something like, Well, I feel like you're my soulmate, which is surprising because I don't believe in soulmates, and I don't even know if I like you as an individual, especially since I don't know if you'd ever willingly touch me if not for the biological imperative between us. Well, she said after hesitating for several seconds, I think that, due to how unusual my situation is, I have these instincts that affect me emotionally, to drive me to want to... to bond. And even though I know it's irrational behavior, it feels real. It's easy to tell that it's just a biological imperative when I'm tempted to behave in ways that I know are uncharacteristic of me. But when the biology affects me emotionally, I have a harder time distinguishing that it's just biology. It feels legitimate. Like it's real. Her eyes dropped away even when I know it's not. She drew a deep breath. So, that's why I don't know whether to believe you when you apologize, because I don't know if you only feel sorry for me because your biology tells you you should, or if you've actually thought through it and decided you were. And since the brain rationalizes, it could be the former, but you'd think it was the latter. Draco stared at her as though he were sizing her up in some way. That's how you think it is for alphas. Well... That's what all the books say. 
When alphas are around omegas, they aren't in control of anything they do. Draco swallowed and looked bitter for several seconds. Right. Hermione gave a resigned sigh and looked away from him. She hated her biology. Just absolutely hated it. It was going to haunt her and make her second-guess herself and any alpha she ever hoped to be with for her entire life. I was sorry before you presented, Malfoy abruptly said. Hermione looked back up at him, and he was staring at her intensely. I wanted to apologize before, but it seemed insufficient, and I didn't think you'd believe it then, either. So I didn't. I thought you'd probably just prefer if I had left you alone. He stared down at their hands. But I wanted to tell you that I'm sorry for my part in it. I don't want you to think I'm not. That I'd be here and not regret it. Hermione stared at him without breathing for several seconds, gripping his hand so tightly it shook. Thank you, she said. You have no idea how much it means to hear you say that. She was going to go on. She was going to say that it was very meaningful, that she believed him and forgave him, and didn't blame him for the things he had been forced to do during the war. Then she wanted to ask him about whether he included his pure-blood bigotry under the umbrella of his apology. But instead, to her complete and utter horror, Hermione proceeded to burst into tears. Hermione was not a crying sort of girl. As a general rule, she almost never cried, but in the presence of Draco Malfoy, bawling was becoming an unfortunate reoccurrence and she was positively mortified by it. Thrice damned Omega Hormones. She tried to explain herself and inform Malfoy that she wasn't really that emotional, but it was difficult to do through streams of tears. Sorry, she sobbed. I'm not actually sure why I'm crying. She tried to smear her face clean. These stupid hormones are ruining my life. She tried to breathe the tears away, but they just kept coming. Good grief. I'm trying to have a conversation. She was whining through her tears. I don't understand. How do I make it stop? Draco had his hands on her face, wiping away her tears and kissing her forehead. Then he hugged her, and she kept bawling frustratedly into his robes. It was so awful. She wanted to kick something. Not Draco. Anthony Goldstein, ideally. Whenever Hermione was frustrated lately, she had to squash the urge to go to the hospital ward and kick his chrysalis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Hermione became aware that Malfoy was speaking under his breath as he hugged her and pressed kisses against her forehead and onto the top of her head. You have no idea how perfect you are. You're so perfect. I'm so sorry. His voice was husky and his pheromones were filling the air as he comforted her. Hermione could feel her mind sliding back in response. She fought against it. No, she wanted to talk to Malfoy. They were on the verge of an actual conversation. The lack of communication was giving her an ulcer. Malfoy, she said, sniffling. Malfoy, can I just ask you? She drew back and wiped away her tears as she stared at him. When you... Her voice trailed away as she stared at him. It was unfair that anyone would have such beautiful eyes. The mercurial depths made her want to drown in him. She tried to open her mouth to finish her question, but then she halted. What if he said no? What would she do then? If he still regarded her as inferior to him based on her blood and said it to her face? What would she do? Continue anyway? Or go ruin things for Neville and Hannah out of sheer desperation? 
She swallowed the question bitterly and gave a deep sigh. She just needed to manage things a little longer, and then she'd know what her long-term options were. She pressed her lips together and promised herself that eventually she'd ask him, because she needed to know, in order to figure out how to categorize what had happened between them. Someday, when she didn't feel like the wrong answer might kill her, she'd ask him. Just, not yet. Never mind, she said. What is it? Nothing that matters, she said evasively. You can ask. We can talk, he said, but his expression was tense. Hermione shook her head. No, it doesn't matter. That I even want to is, is probably just the biology anyway. His eyes grew flinty. Suit yourself, he muttered. Hermione shifted slightly. She was still seated in his lap, and he seemed suddenly angry and resentful. She wondered if she was missing something. She gnawed at her lip. Did you want to tonight, or should I just go? They'd never talked so much beforehand, and suddenly the awkwardness of the situation between them felt overt. I wasn't sure if you'd be here when I came, since we already had sex earlier, she added. He suddenly gripped her hips. Stay. Earlier, I wasn't. I didn't make it good for you. It was fine, Hermione said, blushing. I liked it, actually. He looked slightly incredulous, but his eyes grew dark and Hermione felt her breath catch. I liked how intense you were, her voice wobbled slightly. She could feel herself growing warm just thinking about it. It was, I like it when you aren't holding back. Malfoy's expression was growing positively feral. Hermione wriggled with anticipation and felt her mind sliding. He'd probably lick her soon, and then she'd just free fall. Really? He growled. Really? She said with a breathy whimper. She could feel the heat starting to radiate from her, pooling in her lower abdomen and running along her jaw and down her neck. Her clit tingled and her nipples grew hard, just studying the possessive expression on his face. She drew a shaky breath. Draco stared at her and his expression was unreadable, calculating, as though he were weighing something as he appraised her. Then he lifted his hand and rested it on her neck for a moment. His skin was warm and comforting, and she leaned into it as he slid his thumb down her throat. Then he slowly dragged his hand down to the top button of her shirt and flicked it open. Then the next button, and the next. They had never done things slowly, not since the library. Hermione was always frantic when she arrived in the room. Normally it was fast and aggressive the first time. They just tore each other's clothes off and he fucked her into the mattress. He finished unbuttoning her shirt, and Hermione could feel her knickers were already drenched. He parted the fabric so that her shirt started sliding off her shoulders and down her arms. Then he slipped his hand behind her back and unclasped her bra with a practiced flick, pulling it off and leaving her topless. Her nipples grew achingly hard in the cool air. She shivered under his intense gaze. He stared at her for a long time. Hermione had gotten used to the staggered expression that he wore after he pulled her clothes off, but the scrutiny still tended to make her blush faintly. It wasn't just alpha biology, she thought. He had to actually like the way she looked, or he wouldn't spend so much time doing it. She wished sometimes that she had more experience with casual relationships so that she'd have a clearer sense of what was normal. It felt very uncasual to her, but maybe she just didn't understand how casual worked. Draco reached forward and brushed his fingers lightly along the underside of her breast. 
Her skin prickled, and she bit her lip as she tried to hold still. Then he dragged his fingers up between her breasts to the dip of her throat. He didn't touch her scent glands. In fact, he seemed to intentionally avoid them. Hermione shivered as he caressed the length of her throat up to her chin, and then slid his thumb into her mouth. She sucked on it, tasting salt. Her teeth grazed his skin lightly as he withdrew it and slid it across her lips. Then he pushed two fingers into her mouth, tracing across her teeth and pressing down on her tongue before he pulled them out and dragged them over her chin and down her neck. She could feel the cold trails of saliva on her skin. He pulled her forward. Their lips were almost touching when he paused, a breath apart. Their noses brushed, and Hermione gasped faintly before he dragged her mouth against his. He kissed her so deeply her toes curled and she gripped the fabric of his shirt. He turned her and laid her on the couch underneath him, their fingers entwined as he stretched across the length of her and kissed her languorously. If Hermione tried to imagine what being head over heels in love was like, she didn't think it could possibly feel better than lying under Draco as he kissed her breathless. Her heart felt on the verge of exploding. He drew his lips away from hers and pressed kisses along her jaw, nibbled on her ears, and inexplicably seemed to enjoy burying his nose in her hair. He felt like her lover, like he loved her. She didn't know how to process it. Was he always like that? Had she just been too horny and overwhelmed to notice it? She wasn't sure. He dipped his head down and kissed along the swell of her breasts. As he kissed her, his hands lit along the undersides of her breast with featherlight touches, trailing his fingertips around the circumference, but not touching her nipples until they began to ache and throb. She bit her lip and arched, begging wordlessly. She wanted him to squeeze her breasts, press his fingers in hard enough to bruise, to drag his tongue up over the curves of them, wrap his burning mouth around her nipples and suck so hard she screamed under him. Instead, he just kept teasing her, exploring her slowly without licking her at all, noting the touches that she reacted to most intensely, as though she were a string instrument he was learning to play. She felt as though she must be. Under his observant ministration, she felt so taut she was nearly vibrating. It was so intense. She hadn't known it was possible for it to be so intense without having her mind slip away and leave her in a wanton, pheromone-induced state. But he didn't touch her glands at all. She smelled like him, the way she normally did, but she felt vividly lucid. It hadn't occurred to her that it wasn't all just hormone-induced. She'd assumed having sex with Malfoy was intense and incredible because the hormones made it seem mind-blowing. She hadn't considered that it simply was, and the hormones were just... just... She wasn't even sure anymore. She was writhing under him as her body grew steadily more and more on edge. Her clit and her glands were starting to throb from the intense arousal he was stoking within her with his relentless assault. She tried to buck against him. He drew back and stared at her. Be still. Hermione froze as though he had jinxed her. He hadn't commanded her. He hadn't even used the faintest amount of an alpha tone at all. But she immediately stilled. I'll take care of you, he said. You just have to be patient. Hermione gave a small nod and he smirked faintly. Good girl. Hermione felt golden heat unfurl inside of her, like the feeling of a cat purring against her chest. He leaned down and pressed a kiss against her abdomen and then slowly kissed up along her ribs and back to her breasts. He teased her nipples into rigid peaks once again, until Hermione was nearly gasping as she struggled to hold still. 
She twitched and shivered at his every touch as she tried not to arch or writhe. Then, when she was on the verge of sobbing, he finally caught her nipple gently between his teeth and brushed his tongue against the throbbing tip. Hermione nearly screamed. She dug her fingers into the fabric of the couch as he continued to suckle on her nipple. Every touch of his tongue and every bit of heat from his mouth seemed to shoot straight down between her legs. She was getting positively slick with want. She felt as though she could come with just his mouth on her breasts. Finally, he drew his mouth away from her nipple, and then leaned over to suck her other nipple into his mouth. Hermione felt her entire body grow rigid. It was just... too much. Normal sex was not possibly supposed to be like this. She felt as though she were on the verge of a seizure. Her limbs felt simultaneously made of liquid and on the verge of shattering. Her heart was pounding and she was gripping the fabric beneath her, feeling as though she were about to fall off the couch and hit the ceiling. Draco continued to swirl his tongue against her sensitive flesh, and one of his hands palmed her other breast, rolling and teasing the nipple beneath his fingers. Finally, he pulled away from her breasts and leaned forward to kiss her again. The intensity, the control he had. When he stared at her, it felt like she was the center of his universe. Control. Obsession. Control. Obsession. As their lips met, it was like being struck by lightning. Something laced through them both, and she shivered against his mouth as he slid his tongue against hers. It felt dangerous, as though she was discovering something about herself and about Draco that she wasn't sure she was ready to know. It was supposed to be all hormones. Now, she didn't know what to believe anymore. End of chapter 19 Narrator's Note Thank you so much for listening to Dramini Audio Fix. I recently set up a coffee page, that's K-O-F-I, for those of you who want to support my work with a donation. You will find the link in the episode and podcast description. Thank you so much for your support.